At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome on into My Guys in the Desert on a Tuesday. Stormy Bonantoni here live in Las Vegas, Nevada at our VSIN studio as a circus sports book. And boy, was this place busy for Sunday and Monday night football. If you guys haven't gotten down here, you really need to. We got a jam-packed show for you. Brent Musburger is going to join us in just a little bit for his take on the Monday night action. All things Raiders and the NFL, of course. A little bit later on, we'll have Johnny Avello of DraftKings give us the book's perspective, some of the most bet games as we look ahead here to week three. And later in the hour, Adam Kramer helps us get a gauge on what may be some of the most intriguing college football betting opportunities will be this coming Saturday. But... Let's get things started like we always do with the five things that we as bettors need to be aware of. Number one, Aaron Rodgers did exactly what we thought that he would do on Monday Night Football in a bounce back spot. He and the Packers win 35 to 17 at Lambeau over the Lions. They cover that 12. The total soars over the 49. Overs, by the way, 6-0 in primetime games to start the season. But the biggest point here, of course, is Aaron Rodgers in this spot, came into the game motivated, answers the bell after literally the worst game of his career. Week one, no touchdowns, two picks. Here in week two, 255 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Aaron Jones, by the way, had three of those TDs, plus one on the ground. So if you had him in fantasy or any props, you're one of the happiest guys in town. Sadly, though, with the Lions straight-up loss, that $25.16 leg parlay we were telling you about, the one that would pay out nearly 730 k couldn't get it. 
Huge loss, and it stinks because no matter how much money you throw on that thing to hedge, and you're taking it from your mother, your grandfather, whoever you can, minus 650, there's nothing you can do. Was a sweat there for a little bit in the first half. Moving on to number two, Tyrod Taylor out officially for Thursday night football with that hamstring injury, and news coming in from Adam Schefter that he will be placed on the injured reserve list, which means at least Three weeks out, rookie Davis Mills will start Thursday night against the Panthers. That one opened minus three. Now we're seeing it minus seven and a half across the board. Did see an eight for the Panthers. Mills comes over from Stanford, had some injury issues himself in his career, largely considered kind of that developmental prospect type of a player. Um, came in for the Browns, touchdown, interception, sacked. Looks like Jeff Driscoll will also be called up from the practice squad. In the NBA, number three, a story that just won't die took another breath as Ben Simmons. It's reported by Adrian Janowski that the 76ers All-Star will not report for the start of training camp next week and intends to never play another game for the franchise. Simmons hasn't spoken to the team since late August when he communicated this message to them initially, knows the fines that'll come his way, doesn't care, he wants out. So where will Ben Simmons land if traded? Most of the rumors have centralized down on Golden State. Last time that uh, we saw these odds up on the board, Warriors and Timberwolves led the way at plus 300 and plus 400, respectively. Don't see them on the board yet today. Might have to ask Johnny Abello about that. Four, Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger has a pec injury. Coach Tomlin says he's not sure what that means yet for Big Ben game-wise, but it will affect his preparation ability. Quote, we'd better be ready to be adjustable. Roethlisberger isn't sure when exactly the injury um, took place. He was sacked twice, hit 10 times. The injury list for the Steelers, by the way, just continues to grow. TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Devin Bush, and Joe Hayden all dealing with groin injuries. Tyson Alualu on the IR with an ankle fracture, and Deontay Johnson hurt his knee. Steelers host the Bengals on Sunday. That line opened minus six and a half, now settled down at minus three and a half. Finally, number five, Browns Pro Bowler wide receiver Jarvis Landry also on the IR and will miss at least three weeks with an MCL sprain in his knee. Um, starting with this weekend's contest against the Bears. So the Browns will also be potentially without OBJ, although we have heard word on the street is barring a setback this week, he could be back on Sunday. So keep an eye on this line and see what happens. Bears plus seven uh, on the road at the Browns. So we'll see what happens there. Time now. To welcome in legendary sports broadcaster Brent Musburger, the man who started it all here on My Guys in the Desert. Brent, thanks for coming on. How are we doing today? Hey, Scarby, I'm doing great. How'd you and your father make out over the weekend? What was your score at the circuit? Oh, <laughs> Brent, why'd you have to do this to me? It didn't go well. It didn't go well. We, we had too many of those short favorites that we liked in the NFC West, and it bit us in the butt, Brent. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't do well either. I went two and three. So for the year, I, I'm at even 500. So uh, okay. that's not going to cut it. I can't believe they got about 100 people over there that went 10 and 0 the first two weeks. I know. I whatever they're drinking, I can't believe it. It can't last, Brent. <laughs> we're on the up and up. I can feel it from 500. We're just going to keep soaring. But listen, of, of course, we're going to talk Raiders with you in just a little bit. But I first want to get your reaction to the Monday night football game. How much did the results of the Packers, and particularly Aaron Rodgers, mirror what you expected to see in this bounce-back spot? You know, it's funny. They were tale of two halves. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, at the intermission, I thought, wow, maybe this Lion coaching staff knows what it's doing. And then Packers came out and, of course, scored on their first three possessions of the second half, and it was basically game, set, and match. 
I think the different story for me was that they discovered Jones and they kept going in his direction uh, throughout the night. Now, we knew that um, Aaron Rodgers was not as bad as he played in week one. We also know he does not have a good one-loss record in Florida. Uh, heat and humidity in that Jacksonville game, and they were certainly a no-show. And Jameis Winston put on a performance for the ages, and then uh, he reverted to the mean here this week and in game two for the for the Saints when they went into Charlotte and lost to Carolina. So I wasn't completely shocked. Uh, a little bit disappointed, I think, in the Lions and their performance in the second half. Uh, it was an interesting moment for betters, however. Uh, if they had waited in originally on the Packers and took a look at that second-half line, it's a, it's a good thing to go ahead and uh, – even if you took the Lions and the points, I think Dave Tooley pointed this out, and I know he's the king of the underdogs at East End. He had the Lions at 11 and a half, 12, whatever it was, uh, when he bought in. But at the half, it was a short price on the Packers, and it was a good way to lay off and, uh, and hope that you get a middle. I mean, there's always... There's always betting opportunities at halftime, if you know what I mean, Storm. Oh, of course I do, and I'm, I'm one of the <laughs> biggest in-game bettors out there. I'm a big fan. Uh, you mentioned just the kind of disappointment for the Lions in this game. For them as a group, how tough is it to squander what was a 17-14 lead at half uh, on a lucky break there, Matt LaFleur giving them a warm-up kick, um, but to squander such a good start with getting blown out the way that they did in the second half? Yeah, you know, uh, the franchise has had so much trouble. I mean, I was I was a youngster when the, when the Lions were actually winning championships. Dope Walker, Bobby Lane. I mean, that was the golden age of Detroit Lion football. And then when I started covering the Bears, uh, we had Donnie Brooks. And, of course, on Thanksgiving, it was always the Lions against the Packers. And it was great entertainment back in the day because the Lions could play a little bit. Uh, so... They appear to be down at the bottom, probably one of the bottom five teams of the NFL this year. And uh, hopefully someday they'll get things turned around and uh, like the Raiders have. You mentioned the Raiders and uh, who knows, uh, you know, 2-0 is a pretty good start. Yeah, let's turn our attention to the Raiders because as you mentioned, 2-0 start. We were talking on the show last week about how the Raiders and Broncos were two of these teams kind of with a lot of unknowns that needed to prove themselves a little bit with the likes of Kansas City. They both win. Casey loses a thriller late because their defense couldn't come through. What did those two teams in the AFC West show you? Well, obviously, I'm, I'm much more aware of what's going on with the Raiders because I watch them in person every week. As far as the Broncos are concerned, I think we have to consider the fact that it was the Giants and the Jaguars and the they yep. put down. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, okay, or put them down, but I do think as handicappers, we, we certainly have to weigh that. The Raiders' performance in winning Sunday in Pittsburgh told me a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I think it's the best win of John Gruden's uh, second tenure as Raider head coach, simply because they were coming off an overtime game, an emotional game, had to travel three time zones to the east, uh, were beaten up in the offensive line, and somehow they found a way to win that game. So I am, let, let's sort out the fact that I'm with the Raiders. I'm, I would be as strictly as a handicapper, more impressed with what the Raiders have done than what the Broncos have done uh, going forward. We shall see. Now, suddenly everybody 
nobody was on the Raider bandwagon to begin the season. I mean, nationally, they were put down from the draft to the coach to everybody. But now everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon, and I say slow the roll a little bit, okay? 2-0 and is still 2-0. and we got 16 more weeks to go. Everybody's going to play 17 games uh, during that span. Uh, the, the Raiders' offensive line is still in shambles regarding injuries. Uh, now Derek Carr is nursing that ankle injury. Uh, Josh Jacobs can't stay on the field. So everybody should just, just relax a little bit and let's, uh, let's see what happens. But I'm not going to jump up and down and say that the Raiders suddenly are better than the Chiefs because the Raiders <laughs> beat the Ravens and the, and the Chiefs lose to them. Uh, the Chiefs basically lost because of a turnover. And that's something that coaches and handicappers can never program. And the young man put the ball on the ground, and Ravens recovered and, and, and go on to win the football game. Very dramatic fans, fans game. Uh, but it also was a warning, and I, I sucked in on the three and a half. I had the Chiefs. Uh, stay away from three and a half. Just stay away from it. Uh, it's, it, it just, you're not going to make money given three and a half. And I, I keep telling, I'm telling myself that as much as I'm telling any of your listeners or viewers to tell you the truth, but it, it's a trap number, three and a half. It's so funny. I have that on my list of things. I wanted to ask Johnny Avello a little bit later, those kind of sucker bets, right? That three and a half on the favorite, you like it, but bites you, bites you in the butt. Like I said, off the top and Hey, everybody remember to stay up to date on all of the betting action. Download the free oddstrader.com app to compare betting odds from licensed sports books, access injury reports, in-game action, and much more at oddstrader.com. More with Brent on the other side and an important question about Derek Carr. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today and get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to the VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 a month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. I'm a big fan of checking out those betting splits every chance I get. Stormy Bon and Tony here with you alongside the man, the myth, the legend, Brent Musburger, who's kind enough to stick around. Brent, of course, also the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders here in town. And before we left off, we were talking about the Raiders, and I wanted to follow up on Derek Carr, who you mentioned is dealing with an ankle injury, had an MRI yesterday, and they're kind of figuring out the level of concern there. How do you feel about it? Because, Brent, he has been fantastic, particularly in the second half. 571 pass yards in the second half and later, most by any quarterback in two games since 1978. Yeah, it's been a spectacular, Stormy. The key is that John Gruden's somewhat very complex system, it took Carr a while to become accustomed to it. But now he knows it as well as John does, and that allows him to audible the line of scrimmage. Uh, You have three choices on John's play calls when you come up to the line, and Derek now knows exactly what he's looking at, and he's not just thinking about the play because he already knows the plays that John's called. He's got those memorized. He's got the playbook down. Uh, I've always liked Derek Carr. I never thought he was a problem with this team. Uh, The media always wanted to push him out of town. It seemed to me uh, after every game, after every game they lost, they wanted to blame Derek. Uh, We have to be a little bit concerned. That is the ankle that underwent surgery back in 2016. Uh, The last time the Raiders made the playoffs, and of course, Derek could not play in the loss at Houston, but he's been tremendously efficient. He he has a lot of faith in this young receiver core suddenly, not just Darren Waller, uh, but he went to Ruggs. Everybody remembers the 61-yarder for the touchdown in the fourth quarter that put the game away in Pittsburgh, but it looks like Edwards is going to step up. We already know that Hunter Renfo is a good third-down receiver. Uh, There is a good camaraderie going on. 
quarterbacks have to believe in receivers. Uh, when you watch Rodgers work, you know he's going to find Adams frequently in, a, in any pa- game the Packers play. It's that relationship between receiver and quarterback. Cars had it with Zay Jones. He hit Zay for the winner on the Monday night against the Ravens. So, and he's a wonderful, wonderful young man. He's all about the team. Uh, just a great leader inside the locker room. And, and I hope he's able to go because uh, don't overlook don't overlook the Miami Dolphins, folks. Uh, uh, Brissett caused the Raiders a lot of trouble a couple of years ago in Indianapolis, and it looks like if Tua is not 100%, it looks to me like Brissett will get the call. And he's a bit of a dangerous two-way quarterback, certainly not as electric as Lamar Jackson, but he can run. He's a very good athlete. Grew up South Florida. I actually watched him play high school basketball. He was one of the best young basketball players down in South Florida. So even though the Raiders are favored against the Dolphins, and even though they owe the Dolphins one because last year was a very painful defeat, uh, I hope that they don't get overconfident being 2-0 and because the Dolphins have got, especially at defensive backfield, they've got some very good players. Yep, Raiders favored by three and a half at home, and the Dolphins, of course, coming off that blowout from the Bills. Um, as you mentioned, they're, I'm sure they're going to be a little bit angry about that and see what they can do here in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi said yesterday, obviously it's, it's way too early to get into this type of a thing, but he mentioned Derek Carr, if he were to be able to be healthy and he stays up at this type of production, being a name you could see in that potential MVP race, he sits at 25-1 to 1 right now on DraftKings. And, and Brent, a number of quarterbacks, though, not just Tua, not just Derek, were injured on Sunday. Um, Tyrod Taylor, Carson Wentz. Big Ben, now we're finding out the list goes on and on. Um, is there anyone that really stands out to you that's going to have a big effect this week? Uh, certainly down in Houston. They're going to push a rookie in. Tyrod Taylor had made Houston very competitive in the first two games, and I think uh, you may have an update on this. I thought I might have noticed that Taylor went on IR, Correct. Yes. which would eliminate him for three games uh, with the Texans. So that – that, to me, is a major, major blow to that team. Tyrod Taylor, underrated, uh, certainly not a Pro Bowl quarterback every year, but he makes you competitive, and he's done a very good job with the Texans. He had them he had them in a position where they might have upset the Cleveland Browns even before he went out with that injury. So, uh, so we'll have to see, Stormy. But I think that's going to have a heavy impact on uh, – on Houston next week. Yeah, he was something like 10 of 11 at the time, had a touchdown through the air and one on the ground, and it was that touchdown, the rushing touchdown that ultimately hurt his hamstring. As you mentioned, Tyrod Taylor is on IR, so out for three weeks. Uh, Another one, though, we talked about it last week, the Andy Dalton and Justin Fields situation, and you, you mentioned that this could be an opportunity to ease Justin Fields in at this point in the season before you start having the heavy hitters that come on their schedule. Andy Dalton gets hurt, his availability still to be determined. But could this be an opportunity if he gets to play on Sunday to kind of grab the reins and potentially force Matt Nagy's hands, despite what we heard him say yesterday, though, that Andy Dalton is the starter if he's healthy? Uh, yeah, I would go with Justin yep. and and see what I've got. Uh, in his time after he replaced Dalton, he struggled a little bit with the pro passing game. That's to be expected. But he's a good athlete, and he can bail himself out of trouble. You know, he's a very good runner. I would certainly put him into that lineup, and I would use Dalton. Remember now, um, they still have Nick Foles as their third quarterback that they can put. If Dalton can't go and he's inactive, you've got the veteran Foles who can step in if if Fields struggled. 
But I, I would give the rookie a chance and see what he's got. I mean, yes, the New York Jets got burned, and Zach Wilson threw four interceptions in that game, and uh, it's something he has to learn from going forward. And, and sometimes it's not easy for young quarterbacks. It's it's not easy for old quarterbacks in the NFL, although uh, Tom Brady makes a liar out of me about every week. I mean, Mr. Brady, that storm is unbelievable. He's got the game of the week. He's going out to play in SoFi Stadium against the Rams. Could well be a preview of the uh, NFC Championship. These are two elite teams, and so everybody's going to be watching that. That's the second game of the Fox doubleheader on Sunday. And, uh, I mean, the eyeballs that that game is going to attract, that'll be something. Well, that's what I was just thinking. Not only that game, but he's on the road the next two weeks in a row uh, at the Rams and then at Foxborough. So he's going to have a lot of eyeballs for the next two weeks. And he actually said something interesting yesterday I wanted to ask you about. Talking about the taunting penalties, he said that they're ruining the game. And through these first two weeks, there have been 11 taunting penalties called. That's as many as there were all of last year in the NFL. What are your feelings on the way that this has transpired in the NFL early? Well, you watch, watch it to go down, okay? They put an emphasis on it, um, Stormy, in the offseason. I don't know who complained about it. Uh, obviously, I just kind of shake my head. We had, we actually, in the Steeler game, we had a offensive guard, Trey Turner, their best offensive lineman for the Steelers, were kicked out uh, for spitting at, at one of our guys. And Trey's argument was that the, the Raider had spit at him first. Now, I don't know. Okay. But anyway, Turner got kicked out of the game. Uh, taunting is, is just so difficult, I think, uh, to legislate against on the field. I think you just you got to go in and knock it off, knock it off, shut up and get up on the bench. I mean, if you're an official, I think uh, – just being a tough guy out there is a little bit better than throwing a flag and calling. But I, I expect, I expect that curve to come down now as the season progresses. People, people who are fans don't like penalties. And last year, I think we had an all-time low for holding penalties. And thank God about that, it made the games uh, a lot more, a lot more exciting. And and generally, taunting is like those pushing calls. It's usually the second guy mm-hmm. that gets it. The officials know that, but they've been told to emphasize taunting. Um, I'm surprised, actually, that somebody didn't go over to the sideline and throw a flag at my favorite coach, John Gruden, over there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've listened to the tape this morning, and the CBS obviously had a microphone very close to John. And, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. He got got a little rough over there on the (sighs) sideline. Fortunately, no official hurry. <laughs> oh, it's so good. But yeah, I was just, I was curious your thoughts on it just because I feel like you don't want to lose that element of emotion in players in the game either. And usually when you make an added emphasis on a call or you change a rule, it's because of a health and safety issue or the fans are clamoring for it or there's one standout instance that changes your perception of it. And I just didn't really feel like there was one of those for there to be such an emphatic placement on it this year. Yeah, it's uh, it's something. Well, you were around the National Hockey League a lot, okay? Let me tell you, there's some trash talking goes on down there, okay? Oh my goodness! But I you know. think you think Reeves didn't say something to so few of those guys before he pounded them into the corner? Brent, <laughs> I have one of the most interesting seats in the house last year um, with all of the games that they played at San Jose. Obviously, a huge rivalry between those two teams. Right. And because there were no fans for so much of the season, I sat behind the penalty box and. Getting to hear the 
the things that those guys say to each other back and forth without the, <laughs> without the fans. Of the, one of the coolest experiences I've ever had as a reporter. Thanks for doing this, Brent. Appreciate it. Okay. Take care, Starry. Okay, bye-bye. We'll see you next week. Stay with us right here on My Guys in the Desert. Listen to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bon Antonio on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on My Guys in the Desert. If you're anything like me, you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams. And guess what? Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. It's what it made, it's made for. The Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh city cast are all up and running with five new episodes every single week. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get podcasts. Stormy Bon and Tony here live at Circa Sportsbook. And before the weekend, I challenged four players in the NFL who needed, they just needed to be better. They needed to step it up. And so this week, we're kind of recapping that to see did they or didn't they step it up? Apparently, they did. First guy here, Aaron Rodgers. We talked about the reigning MVP plenty earlier today in the Packers bounce back win against the Lions. And he certainly impressed 355 yards, four touchdowns, no picks after the worst day of his career. Then we got Josh Allen there who stepped it up in a 35 to nothing shutout over Detroit. And it's hard to be picky here. He had a lot of glimpses. You know, I'm still seeking for a little bit more, though, from Josh Allen. He set a really high standard for himself in 2020. Um, that Washington defense this coming week, though, is going to be nowhere. It's nowhere near what we expected so far. So we'll see if he can continue to take advantage and step it up another level. Derrick Henry, my most impressive of all. This is what I'm talking about. He ran for only under 65 yards twice last season. And every time in the next game, he went for over 200 yards. The trend continues. 237 all-purpose yards uh, on Sunday. Three touchdowns led the charge for the Titans Comeback overtime win over Seattle. He, by the way, plus 900 Offensive Player of the Year odds on DraftKings alongside Christian McCaffrey. Get in on King Henry and last but certainly not least, Ezekiel Elliott. He had 13 touches for 39 total yards to open up the season week one. Completely unutilized in the game plan. But then against the Chargers, Dallas needed the run game and they got it. 71 rush yards for Zeke and a touchdown plus 26 receiving yards, catching both of his targets. And the only reason he was good, not great, is because Tony Pollard has been so explosive, been featured more, been that much better. 140 all-purpose yards and a touchdown for him. He stepped it up, but when your teammate makes $3 million on a four-year deal and you make 90 and six, you probably need to do a little bit more. I'm just saying. Time for us to step it up, though, here on the program as well. And the best way to do that, by boosting our ratings, by bringing up Johnny Avello, of course, from DraftKings, uh, Director of Sportsbook Operations over there. Johnny, thank you for coming on again. Hello, Stormy. Uh, pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so Packers obviously cover as the double-digit favorites yesterday on Monday night. Did most of the money ultimately kind of follow the, the media thought process that Aaron Rodgers would come and have this amazing bounce back? Or was there more money than you would expect on the other side? You tell me. There was a bunch of uh, lion money line uh, money showed up, and so that kind of helped us on the game. Uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a loss for us. It wasn't a win. It was pretty much a wash, and that's what helped us. You know, under normal circumstances, you get the favorite eleven point favorite to cover, and the game go over. That's usually not good. 
but that money line on the lines helped us. Maybe everybody was secretly just trying to bet with that person who had that crazy uh, money line parlay, the 16 legger. They're like, oh, I want it for you. And if you hit it, then we all hit it. Eh, whatever. Sunday night football, though, uh, another very heavily bet game. Those primetime games always are Chiefs-Ravens, massive handle. I don't think there was a sports book out there that didn't need the Ravens in that spot, and they came through. Um, what can you tell us about the splits on that one and how you guys did? A biggest betting game of the day, one of the biggest betting games of the year so far. Uh, you know, the handle was just tremendous. Uh, it was another game where we had Ravens money line. That one did get there. Uh, so we did pay that out, but we also had, uh, you know, Chiefs spread, some Chiefs money line, Chiefs tied up into parlays. And that's a nice thing, Stormy, about having a big network like us is that, uh, you know, the the money's it's liquid. It's really uh, we're, we're, our decisions are spread out sometimes. So it, we don't have all the balls going on one team. And that that really is helpful. So that three and a half line, Brent and I were talking about it when Brent Musburger was on the show just a little while ago about how like those three and a halves are so tough because it's just such a line that you want to jump on with a favorite like a team like Kansas City. And so that wasn't the only line that looked too good to be true with the favorite the other day. There were these sucker lines all over the place, I feel like, and I was caught up in them. Cardinals minus three and a half, Rams minus three and a half, Saints minus three. The list goes on and on because of their week one performances. What's your advice for betters, particularly early in the season when it comes to these like short favorites that look so attractive on the surface? Well, first of all, that three and a half comes, you know, that half comes into play a lot when the number is three. So my advice is try to get the three if you can. Uh, sometimes that's early in the week. Sometimes that's towards the end of the week, um, you know, because the, the three is the most common number in football where a game is going to land. It's not always on the favorite, but I'd say one at every, you know, seven games or so is going to land probably three. So uh, that's important to get the best number. And, uh, you know, I, sometimes the, 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 that game is, we're telling you, that game is close. I mean, we're, we're telling you anytime a point spread is three, three and a half, we're telling you that's a close game. So don't be that surprised when the dogs do win that, that type of a football game. And it happens quite often during the season. Is that one of those situations where if you couldn't find the three that you would ever want to buy the half a point or just stay away from it if you can't get that number that you're looking for? I, you know, buying a half a point on three is a good idea. The problem is the books charge more money for that now. Uh, you know, some it, it should only be an extra 10 cents. So if you're going to buy a game down to three uh, or up to three, it should cost you the juice plus another 10 cents, which is 20 cents. Some of the places now are charging 30 cents because they're making you pay the premium because they know that the number uh, is, you know, you should be paying more for a number of that status. That's So if you can just pay the extra dime juice, then sometimes it's worth it. They know everybody wants the three. Uh, moving ahead, Johnny, to these week three games, there were a number of injuries over the weekend, particularly at the most important position on the field, quarterback. So this Thursday night football game coming up, Tyrod Taylor is not going to be there. We found out earlier today with that hamstring, he's going to be on the injured reserve list. Panthers' performance over the Saints this past week causes another little bit of a shift. Can you dive into that game specifically and the line move on it? Well, that game went from four and a half up to eight. You, get, you got Davis Mills starting. Now, Davis Mills steps in last week, and he goes eight for 18, gets 102 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Now, that's not bad, but 
he got thrown into the, you know, he had to get thrown into the fire, and so he was kind of loose and ready to go. Now he has to prepare for a game. Uh, when I look at this guy, he's a third-round pick. College career was okay. Then, then I look at the stats for the NFL. The Texans are near the bottom of the league running the football. That means he's going to have to throw more. And the Panther, pa- Panthers' total defense is tops in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are tough. They held Jamin Winston, Jameis Winston to 11 for 22 last week, no touchdowns and two picks, and 93 yards rushing in two games. He's going to have his hands full this week. Yeah, the Panthers' defense might be the real deal. I think they surprised a lot of people early on in these first couple of games. And uh, a couple other quarterback statuses maybe that you can tell us that have shifted odds due to some uncertainty? Well, yeah, you had the, you had the Tennessee Titans. go. They're at home three and a half to five and a half against the Colts. That's the win situation. Will he or won't he play? Then you had the Raiders. One and a half to three and a half at home against Miami. That's the two a T situation. But I think he's going to play. His backup is Jacoby Brissett. He's not too bad. But this is the one that's interesting to me, Stormy, is the Bears at the Browns. So the game opened up Browns nine. That, and then Dalton's out of the games. And then the game drops to seven. So I haven't seen a quarterback, a second string or third string, jump in in a line change. That just goes to show you that they've been waiting for fields to get a start, and uh, they think that he'll they'll get better production out of him than they will any of the other guys. Really interesting to think about. Think about just how these things change. Uh, well, I know most of the money for NFL doesn't come in officially until game day. That's when you see all the action. Is there Are there any couple of games that have already been bet pretty heavily so far? Uh, the Steelers are one. They were they opened homes opened at home against the Bengals six and a half. That's down to four and a half. Uh, you know that's the Joe Burrow is one too many picks last week, but uh, the first game was a quality game by him. And you know the Steelers maybe are not what we thought they were after game one. So uh, the betters have gone on the dog there. Uh, and one other where we've seen a, a little bit of movement. Kansas City Chiefs, seven and a half opener down to six and a half against the Chargers. So there's some believers out there um, that the Chiefs won't cover the, the seven and a half. Okay. One last one real quickly. We saw news in the NBA that Ben Simmons is not going to report to camp. I mean, this has been a rumor for a while now. Um, but have these changed Philadelphia's odds at all with this news coming out that he's not going to report officially? Well, we have him at 20 to one. Uh, there's about seven teams ahead of him, first of all. You have to overcome the Nets, the Bucks. You have to co- overcome in the West the, the Lakers, Jazz, Warriors, Clippers, Suns. So um, I think we opened them up around 20, 18 or up to 20. So a little bit of movement right now. Uh, they'll just trade them. They still will right. just trade them and get enough player that'll fit in. Thank you, Johnny. Appreciate it. Take care. Back here on My Guys in the Desert in just a little bit. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Download the free oddstrader.com app to compare betting odds from licensed sports books, access injury reports, in game action, and much more. You go to oddstrader.com, welcoming you back to My Guys in the Desert. Wrapping things up here at Circus Sportsbook, I'm Stormy Bonantoni, and it's time for Upset Alert. 19 ranked teams have been knocked off in the first three weeks of college football, most ever, through three weeks in college football, which means there are bound to be more. My top team to be on upset alert this week is number nine, Clemson, at unranked NC State, okay? I think that Clemson, their offense has been a bit of a shell of what it used to be. What did they score? 14 points in a win over Georgia Tech, 14-8 to that final. Come on. And if you take out their big performance against juggernaut South Carolina State, that's sarcasm, by the way. They're not a good team. Um, combined for 17 points against Georgia Tech and UGA now in two of their three games. The Wolfpack's lone loss, meanwhile, to Mississippi State. I think this is going to be a defensive battle. Uh, Wolfpack's defense, I think, can frustrate Clemson a little bit. They're going to have a tough test on their own on the offensive side. But 
I think if they can't get the outright upset, upset, they can certainly cover that nine and a half, up to ten and a half spread, depending on where you got it. Clemson's winless against the spread so far this year, while NC State has covered in two of their three games. Plus a little local rivalry type feel. I don't know. I like the, I like the pack at home. Other games of note where the higher ranked team could be on upset alert. Number seven, Texas A&M at 16, Arkansas. I just, woo pig suey. I've got a good feeling about it. Also, number 12, Notre Dame at number 18, Wisconsin. Wisconsin favored by four and a half. Some places five and a half. Um, it's interesting because they're obviously the lower ranked team, but Notre Dame has not looked like the team that they should be. Almost lost to FSU and Toledo. Badgers coming off a bye. Ample time to prepare at home. We shall see. I guess at Soldier Field, even cooler. Even cooler. To continue our college football conversation, though, we bring in VEASAN's own Adam Kramer, also of Bleacher Report and the No Punts Allowed podcast. Uh, so where am I right? Where am I wrong on those upset alert picks? Any thoughts, Adam? No, I think you're. I think you're right on. I, let's start with A and M and Arkansas. This is an uh, an Arkansas team that a couple weeks ago really impressed me with the way they dominated the line of scrimmage against Texas. I think the issue we have with that, and that's the issue we have, of course, through three or four weeks of the season, is is what what do these wins mean, right? What does everything mean? Alabama looks invincible after beating Miami, but maybe Miami's not very good. So we're, we're, we're adjusting on the fly, and that's what makes this part of the season fun. But I, I think Arkansas, from a home field advantage, is, is really good. I think physically they can stack up to A&M. The A&M defense has been great. I am a little worried. Obviously, the Aggies with a backup quarterback has not helped. But even when that offense was fully functional, it has not been great this year. I think that's a really difficult spot. And, you know, Clemson is just broken, mm-hmm. right? They just feel broken. And... I, you can't really explain it because they have a quarterback who has a golden arm. You've got skill position players all over the place. You see the Clemson coaches and Dabo Sweeney this week talking about fundamentals and, you know, the coaches haven't gotten worse, which is kind of a way of saying that the players have. I don't know if we mm-hmm. can read between the line there, but I, I'm with you. I think that's another spot. And then the other, the other one I'd say is really interesting to me is I, I, Iowa State and Baylor. Right, Brock Purdy, you know, that Iowa game was a disaster. And when you look at what Iowa State under him has done, they've been super productive in some spots, but when it has gone sideways, it's normally him turning the ball over. Baylor has not played anybody this year. Touchdown line there, that's another one I've got my eyes on. Yeah, I was curious about that number. Maybe if you can dive a little bit more in, because Baylor winning game after game, like you said, they haven't played anybody. Texas State, Texas Southern, Kansas, that, that's a number, like, can they cover? Can they? I don't know. And, and Iowa State, I guess in fairness, we have the same problem, right? Like they barely beat Northern Iowa. You know, they lost a really ugly game at home to Iowa, and then they crushed UNLV. Uh, again, I, I don't know how much they tell. The intel, though, with Baylor, right? You know, they won a game against Texas State that was, you know, not, not great, where they were, you know, two-touchdown favorite and didn't cover the Baylor team that I think has been building under Dave Aranda. I like what they've done offensively. I still think despite the fact that they've scored, you know, 60 plus points and 45 plus points. Uh, I, I think the one thing we're seeing this year is, you know, the return of home field uh, 2020 with everything going on, it just didn't have the same sort of advantages that it did. And while we've seen some big road upsets, including Iowa, at Iowa state, you know, 
Oregon and Ohio State. We're also seeing situations like we saw at West Virginia last week, upsetting, or really not upsetting because they were the favorite, but winning a game against Virginia Tech that was ranked in the top 20. So you're seeing the return of home field, which is a really big deal and could be in some of the other games. So I kind of like Baylor in this spot only because, you know, Iowa State has not been the team I thought we were getting, and I don't necessarily know when or if we're going to see that this year. Yeah, and I can confirm that with the home field advantage thing. As a sideline reporter last year, I could hear everything, right? Like, I'm on the sideline. I can listen in on every single conversation. Just last week, I was down at BYU when they beat Arizona State, and I would take my earpiece out, and it was deafening. Jaden Daniels, ASU's quarterback, could not hear false start after false start. It was problematic. So I I like where your head's at there with home field advantage, particularly in college. And I kind of want to go back to that Notre Dame game that I mentioned earlier off the top. Um, The Badgers favored there by five and a half, it looks like. And I mean, that their lone loss to Penn State in the opener has aged pretty well now. Um, This was a game that early on, Wisconsin was only a one and a half point favorite all the way up now, like I said, to five and a half. Yeah, and this is a game about offense, right? So Wisconsin has only played two games very early by, and those two games are, you know, a 16-10 loss to Penn State, like you mentioned. It looks pretty good a couple of weeks later, although the the game itself was pretty ugly offensively. (laughs) And then you beat Eastern Michigan. So the line feels right to me. And, you know, there's a couple of teams. We talked about Clemson. And, and only even Ohio State, right? And in fact, a lot of teams near the top of the rankings, a team like Notre Dame, has just not looked itself. And sometimes what we do, because Notre Dame has some talent, they've got an all-world safety, they have an all-world tight end, they've got a decent quarterback. Sometimes what we do is we wait for a team like this, like it's a matter of time. And what I think we're going to do across the board, potentially, is just keep waiting until Notre Dame loses a game that it should. It's an interesting spot, Soldier Field, right down the road from me. I'm not exactly, it should be pretty even split, quite frankly. You know, when you consider how close Madison is and everything else, it should be a pretty cool scene. I'd much rather have this game on a college campus, by the way, but still should be a cool yeah. cool scene regardless. To me, I just have not loved what we've seen from the Irish. We talk about, you know, wins and losses aging well. That Florida State game has not aged mm-hmm. well at all. As good as and exciting as it was, it's been it's aged as poorly as a win can age. So, I lean Wisconsin, but it would not surprise me if this is an ugly game. And obviously with a total of, what, 46-and-a-half-ish, I think that speaks volumes to the kind of game we're going to get. It's, it's probably not going to be easy on the eyes. Yeah, 60-1 to one odds there, as we saw on the board for Notre Dame in the national championship odds. And as a Notre Dame fan myself, it has been brutal. To You're getting the wins. You, you need to get the wins, but... It does not look good, and that's been a struggle for me. By the way, everybody, Adam has an awesome article out on vcin.com right now to get you set for everything week four in college football. Make sure to check it out. Um, One game, though, that you didn't have on that list that I wanted to ask you about with kind of some news coming in the Pac-12 today was University of Utah, Charlie Brewer, their previously starting quarterback, uh, announced that he's entering the transfer portal. Uh, Washington State coming to Salt Lake City uh, this Saturday, Utes favored by 14 in that one. What, what do you make of the Charlie Brewer situation, though? Um, obviously, he was benched in that San Diego State loss. Yeah, so with the, the changing rules in college football, right, I expect that we're going to see more of this. Let's go back a couple of years, just philosophically, players opting out to go to the draft. Now that you know the transfers are going to be a bit more freely, you start to get an assessment of what you can do. Of course, there's like a red shirt rule in there too in terms of games that you could appear in. So there's some really interesting 
uh, you know, eligibility management that's going to be happening. It, the game itself was kind of like licking who's who's licking, who's got more scars through <laughs> a couple of games because it's it's pretty brutal. Washington State had a what fourteen nothing lead against USC and then gave up forty five straight points. That's bad. Utah now has been one of the bigger disappointments, I'd say. You know, but you What's know, that? losing at BYU, BYU looks pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. So we chalked that game up to an L because BYU has a better offense than we thought. And I'm with you watching over the last few weeks. It might not be a bad team, but San Diego State was a surprise. So the team is one and two. They're obviously a big favorite here. I, I still think Utah's just got much better players. Like I hate to, I'm not even going to dive into the deep analytics, even with the quarterback leaving, which is a distraction. Look, USC's coach got fired, okay, like six days prior, and they dropped 45 consecutive points. I think Washington State is frankly a mess. I think this is actually a situation you don't have to overthink, regardless of quarterback. I think Utah's still a much, much better team, despite what the last two outcomes might tell us. Really great stuff, Adam. Appreciate the time. We'll have to do this again sometime soon, okay? Really appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Again, that's Adam Kramer, vcin.com, also of Bleacher Report, and check him out on the No Punts Allowed podcast. That's a wrap for today. Big shout out to our producer, Stephanie, for making this whole thing go. Rush Hour and Danny Burke coming up on the other side. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of My Guys in the Desert. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.